Support for this podcast series comes from Carpe Diem Education. Carpe Diem provides upwards of $150,000 per year in in in-kind and financial donations that make the study abroad portion of Carpe Mundi programs possible for Carpe Mundi students. To learn more about Carpe Diem, visit www.carpediemeducation.org. Welcome to the second episode of Carpe Mundi's first ever capstone podcast series, Route of Passage. For those of you who are new to Carpe Mundi or missed previous episodes, we are a nonprofit organization in Portland, Oregon that supports low-income college students through a year-long mentorship program that includes an experiential education study abroad semester through our partner organization and podcast series sponsor, Carpe Diem Education. In more ways than one, the study abroad experience ends up being a rite of passage. Every year after their travels, our students take the opportunity to reflect on what they've learned throughout their journeys, culminating in a final capstone project where they share their stories at a live event. This year, we're taking the students' voices online and coming to you over the airwaves. We're excited to share their stories, statements, and conversations of growth and inspiration with you. I'm Rachel Anderholder, and my co-host today is a very special new addition to Route of Passage, our new alumni intern joining us on her first day of work. Yay! Hello! (laughs) I'm Grace Howard. I studied in India last spring with two of the storytellers you will hear from today. Today's episode is themed Coming Home to Yourself. Rachel, do you think that coming home can sometimes be more of a challenge than heading out to travel abroad? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. I think in a lot of my travels, um, coming home is is so much harder than leaving. And I have memories similar to some of the storytellers today of like crying tears in the airport, saying goodbye to homestay families and leaving folks behind. And then sometimes coming home to the reality that you're used to uh, that just doesn't feel familiar anymore can be a real struggle. Um, But I think that talking to folks and sharing those experiences with community can really help make those experiences feel better over time. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Well, today we're going to hear from four students, two who traveled with me to India, and who tra- and two who traveled to Guatemala, who all found a sense of home with their fellow travelers. They struggled with the reality of coming home to the U.S. sooner than expected as well. Carpe Mundi places students in learning cohorts for the entire year so that they have the support from their peers through the highs and lows of their journeys. For me, I was surprised at how quickly my cohort became so close. I still call them my travel family. Awesome. Well, our first student to start it off today will be Tanya Mastavoy, who had to face her anxiety head on during her travels to India. Traveling abroad is an amazing experience. It's an opportunity to explore a new country, learn about other cultures, and meet new people. But it's not all sunshine and rainbows. I learned that traveling abroad can be difficult, and that's what I'm going to talk about. I want to share the challenges I had with anxiety while I was abroad. During my Carpe Mundi travel abroad semester, I went to India. As I packed my bag and prepared to travel, I also prepared myself mentally. I've always been an anxious person, and I knew this trip would be a challenge for me, but I was determined to overcome the challenge and maybe even learn how to curb my anxiety. 
I stepped out of my door ready for an adventure, but I was completely blown off my feet when I arrived in India. I knew my anxiety would be an uphill battle from the first day of orientation. From the flavor of the food to the heat and bustling streets, I quickly began to feel overwhelmed. As we toured the streets of Kochi, I was mesmerized by the beautiful scenery and Indian culture, and by my anxiety. I was, I was enjoying the trip, even if it was a lot to handle, but the uneasy feeling just wouldn't go away. After the tour, we settled down in a cafe to have lunch, and my anxiety began to bubble over. I vaguely remember ordering food while my cohort members talked to one another. I do remember feeling exhausted from the heat. I never tolerated heat well. All I could feel was the heat. All I could hear were my racing thoughts. My breathing became shallow, my pulse raced, and I started to panic. In that moment, I just needed to get away. I wanted to go home where I knew the panic would go away. I felt very homesick, and this trip seemed almost unbearable. That episode was just one of many I would experience while traveling abroad. As time went on, I quickly grew to love India. The food was amazing, the people were welcoming, and the busy streets became familiar, but the constant anxiety also became all too familiar. As I walked down the streets, my mind became busier than the traffic on the road. I was always on high alert, and my mind wouldn't stop racing. I couldn't stop all the thoughts that were flooding into my head, and the nagging worry. Be careful of the tuk-tuks, I might get run over. I gotta get to class. Wait, what direction is that again? I'm pretty sure it's this way, but let me quadruple check the map. Yeah, it's this way, but is this the best way? Can I get home again this way? Oh, and after class, don't be late for my meeting. Wait, what was our meeting about? Was I supposed to bring anything? I don't think so. I just checked five times before leaving my homestay. That's fine, let's just get going to class. But wait, is this turn supposed to be here? I think so, but let me check the map again, just in case. I was in a new environment and meeting new people every day. My brain ran on overdrive as I struggled to adjust and take part in the experience. I love traveling and I prepared for this program for so long. So at the time, all of the negative emotions I was feeling made me feel so frustrated and filled with self-doubt. I would think, why can't I just get over it? Why can't I just engage in the trip like all the other students in my cohort? What's wrong with me? I've always been pretty good at man main I've always been pretty good at managing my anxiety, but during this trip, I felt like I lost control, like I was completely helpless to it. My trip became very polarizing. On the one hand, I absolutely loved what I was doing, and I was excited to go to the next place. And on the other, I was drowning in the uncertainty and anxiety, and it was during those times that I just wanted to go home. On a handful of bad days, I remember going to internet cafes to look up flights back home, but I knew that I didn't really want to go home. I just wanted to stop feeling anxious and enjoy my trip. So I emailed my parents and my mentor and told them how I was feeling and what I had been plotting. I talked to my overseas educators. As bad as I felt, I still wanted to try and get help and get back on track. Question. How do you eat an elephant? The answer? One bite at a time. That's what my mentor told me. I was feeling so overwhelmed that I just got lost in those feelings and couldn't think objectively. My mentor and overseas educators helped me set up small goals to ease my anxiety and get me back on track. And it worked. As we moved on to another section of our trip, Proto Village, the anxiety lessened and I began to really enjoy and look forward to the rest of my trip. Ironically, just when I started feeling better and my homesickness eased, we were informed that due to the pandemic, our study abroad program was canceled and we had to return home early. I was devastated to hear that, especially when things were finally starting to look better. When I returned home, I was pretty upset that the program did not go the way that I wanted it to. For a portion of the trip, I let my anxiety get the best of me. I felt like I failed and I beat myself up over it. But after a time, I realized that thinking that way was pointless. 
I learned how to forgive myself and look at my trip as an opportunity. Sure, things didn't go the way that I had planned, but that doesn't mean that they went wrong. So I decided to learn from my failure. All the negative emotions I felt, I don't want to feel that way again. So next time, I'll be sure to overcome my anxiety or any other challenge. I'm going to look back to India and think, hmm, nope, not again, and persevere. Setting up good examples and intention is good and all, but sometimes the best way to succeed is to fail and learn from that experience and develop conviction and resilience for the future. At least that's the conclusion I came to after my trip. Discern what may be right or may be fraught with concern, burdened with care, mixed with disappointment or mixed with pride, a season of change as days life becomes thin and the reach of life. Thank you, Tanya. I think that we can all learn from Tanya to not let our anxieties take over the beautiful moments that we experience. Next up, we have Kim Fuentes To, who, in a conversation with his mentor, Carol, shares how he loves when people are together, whether it's enjoying free moments or accomplishing a task. All right, Kim. Um, I was just thinking back to the beginning of our trip um, during orientation when we were at Casa Saibel. We had all of you write your goals for the trip on index cards. Do you remember what you wrote down on that index card? Yes, I do. Um, I could, uh, during, our, during our orientation, um, yeah, the OEs told us to write out one of our goals. And my goals were like, to hopefully our group would get along together to make everything a lot faster like and not you know be like a hard time to the OEs and so we can take care of everything a lot better if we all work together. Yeah um, was there a time that you remember everyone getting along really well? Yeah um, time was at Chico Mendez um, for a week and everyone was taking care of each other especially when um, two of our members um, was injured well one was injured and one was very sick um, yeah Soleil was uh, hurt um, you know her whole body was in pain and Zaka um, it was a bacteria that got up in his nose when we swam, when we swam at the spring water like the hot the hot spring Right. Um, yeah, we played soccer, um, and then we we played a game called Catcher the Flag, and uh, they never played Catcher the Flag before, so we taught the locals how to play Catcher the Flag. We miss it so much, actually. We were having fun, you know, working together with the project, and that was like the most fun thing ever when we were at Chico Mendez. I remember uh, you probably were one of the more upset people um, when the group found out that the trip was ending. Can you tell us just how that was for you? Yeah, um, when the OEs told us that we're cutting the trip short, we were hella bummed out because we, we wanted to go to Costa Rica really bad to experience like the turtles, like helping them. And like, it was just tough. Because we had like over three weeks to, you know, keep our trip going. Just really sad. And, and then when we were like struggling with long way home food, the places we were sleeping at. But at the end of the day, 
you know, can't really complain because we still had the roof on our, over us and we had beds, um, you know, food to eat. Yeah, we, yeah, we get to experience what it is, like what others, what others are experiencing in other country. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, we adopt uh, and we enjoyed it. We actually had fun. Um, there was some point during a trip where I wanted to go home, but yeah, we put so much effort into getting here and like all to Guatemala and then we're leaving early, you know, and we didn't want it. We didn't want that. We wanted to stay and yeah, we just really wanted to stay, but it sucks because you had to choose, you had to choose like to leave um, early, but it was the right thing to do because if we would stay there, we'd have been stuck for two months or who knows because the borders were closing. Right. So it was really, it was the best decision to leave early. Yeah. And then we get back and we had, how was that? Um, uh, it was horrible. Um, you know, I wish those two weeks of self-quarantine were in, like, we were in Costa Rica at the beach and like helping the turtles. And yeah, I wanted, I wanted to keep going. I, I didn't want to leave. Um, but you know it like had to be done we had to leave early um even when we were like doing our um papers and stuff when we were you know um preparing for our essays like we keep like i was thinking like oh man i should have been there like i wish i had more information you know about this one so but you know we 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 done everything we can and yeah i think but when we're together it's better to like yeah when we're together we we do a lot of stuff together and like we finish a lot of things i remember you saying um how you wish that that we could still meet even after we came back from guatemala Mm. um because you thought it would make doing your papers easier it's just me, but I'm not. I don't, I'm not sure about others, but I work better like when I'm like in this class. You know, I finish better um, and I work harder because I at home I get distracted a lot, and I just I just don't do it. But but yeah, but for me, you know, studying in in school is a lot better for me. Uh, yeah, I had to be in an environment where it's like class environment, like school environment, so I can do my like my homework and uh, school stuff. Right. Well, I guess I'm wondering, um, one of the things that I remember, um, I think it might have come up during one of your papers, um, is just how, how like, how great it was to see everyone, even when we were um, studying abroad and doing hands-on stuff, it just felt like doing your work is easier when everyone's doing it together. Yeah, um, when everybody's there, you know, you feel motivated because you know, like everybody's there doing um, their work. They're part of the project. I'm, I miss the group. Like, I just haven't seen them in a while. I haven't really talked to them. So. Kim, is there a song that goes with? With this story, yeah, it's, it's the Lego movie song um, called "Everything Is Awesome." 
everything's awesome when you're part of a team. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Kim. <laughs> I can definitely relate to Kim about how hard it was to not just come back early, but come back in unfamiliar circumstances. Um, But even with the small ways we make connections with each other, we can make a huge difference. That brings us to halfway through our episode. So we're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Ben, thanks for being with us. And you work for Fully. What is it that you do with Fully? I'm the VP of Marketing at Fully. Can I ask, why is it called Fully? It's about the connection, you know, how do we connect mind, body, and spirit? Starting with the individual, if we can connect mind, body, and spirit, um, have people show up in a way that feels more engaged, then they'll make better decisions with that deeper sense of awareness, that deeper sense of connection to each other. Um, you know, that's, that's what we love about work that's the work magic and I think when when we started thinking about kind of the paradigm of work that we want to manifest it certainly isn't where where we're at where we're feeling overwhelmed and overstressed and you know how do we create the balance in our lives that feels like a more integrated um, aspect of part of who we are so this notion of being able to bring our full selves to to work um, being able to show up fully Showing up fully is is something that um, I like to just think about as showing up with a deeper sense of, of awareness. Yeah. It sounds like a lot more than just desks or workspaces. Yeah, speed and hyperspeed and massive profit it just seems to be what drives everything forward. And um, where is that opportunity for us to just check ourselves as human beings and understand where we're at, what we're doing, what this is laddering up to, from selling standing desks and ergonomic chairs and anti-fatigue mats and monitor arms. These are products I believe in. These are products that I know will help you feel better and will help you just be more engaged in what you're doing. Um, And, you know, I think the human body was designed to move. So why not provide workplace tools that actually facilitate that movement. Why does Fully, as a, as a business, as a B Corp, believe in the mission of Carpe Mundi? Well, you know, I think as a, as a B Corp, we're all really committed to um, what B Labs likes to call inclusive economy. If you think about where we are just in this moment in time, you know, the expectation for businesses to show up should be there, needs to be there. Um, there's a role that business plays that nonprofit and government cannot reach that business needs to be a part of this conversation. And I think understanding that change is not going to happen by itself. I'm really proud to be part of a, a larger movement that really wants to push the needle the other direction, that really wants to create opportunities for people who have never had those opportunities. I'm, I'm really proud of what we have here at Foley and our continued partnerships to create more inclusivity in in every regard we can. We're really proud and and honored to be a part of this. Thanks so much, Ben, and thanks so much for your time. A big thank you to Carpe Diem and Foley for the support. 
Next up, we can't wait to hear from Jamil Ennis, who embraced every moment of the interactive learning experience that India had to offer him, but like Kim expressed before, struggled quite a bit with coming home. My story begins in San Francisco International Airport. I think beforehand meeting my group, I was mostly excited and just ready to go to India, just ready to roll out. But at the same time, I felt like I had certain small jitters. I feel like anyone and everyone can relate to before meeting a new set or group of people. I was like, so, are we going to be cool? Is this going to be a cool group? Are we going to fit in? Is it all going to be all good? And to my surprise, as a group, we more or less hit it off, like right off the bat. We were like just talking and everyone is being open to meeting a new person. And that was really good. Then we just moved straight into India. And that was like a really smooth transition. Getting to India was like probably the most exciting part in my heart. Because yesterday I was in America. And today I'm in India. I'm on a new part of the planet. I've never been here before. There's an entirely new set of people, new places, new things to do. Yeah, like this is what life is about. And it was never disappointing. Every single day was brand new, a new adventure. I felt like a small baby that was just born. Everything is new. Every morning I woke up, I was ready to go. What's the next big thing I'm ready to do? I was taking pictures and just enjoying everything. I remember one specific part of a trip where we got to go on this hike. And after that long journey, we were like in line with clouds and a majestic view. And I myself, I just felt a certain feeling of just happiness and just a grand, grand moment of joy and enjoying the view of the world that I usually never get to see. And yeah, like that was India the entire time. I was always learning something new, meeting someone new. Every day was completely different from the other. No backwards, just all forward movements. And that was the part of life that I'll never forget. But then comes the storm. We're about a month into the trip and our OEs come over and they're like, so you guys are probably gonna get to go home early. And I was like, wow, that's sad. But they're like, you might not have to. Okay. And to myself, I was like, okay, so if we're going home, we're probably going to get a few more weeks in. But you know how the world works? Like two days later or so, they come over and they're like, okay, so first flight out, we're gone. Like you're going back home. What? Like, that's crazy. Uh, then... I felt sad, but kind of defeated at the same time because I have literally no control over the situation. I have no say. This is just the way it has to go. I have to do it this way. But the best part about this bad situation was we still had that time as a group to hang out and enjoy those final moments together, traveling back to the U.S. And I felt like that kind of helped to make the bad moment more enjoyable if you would say when i got back to portland that was like a whole other story because usually you know it's like when you travel you get a welcome home party but when i came back it was like full lockdown 
code red. Everybody was like, okay, so you got to lock down for two weeks. There's no going outside, no time to share stories. It's all serious mode right now. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. The first two weeks was okay. You know, you still have that, I just traveled to India on your mind feeling. But after the first month, it's like when you really feel that feeling like I'm really locked inside now. My room is like one color, but I start to notice all the small details on the wall, which is really weird. And yeah, that led me into this feeling of depression or like sadness. So I, I wanted to be positive, but I kept thinking of like last last month, I was in an entirely different environment, enjoying just Indian, like exploring every single day. But now I'm locked in my room and I'm just like not going anywhere. Like the, the forest I'm going is downstairs around the block. And I felt like I didn't get to make any real progress until I got like calls from like my teachers, uh, Rachel and Hansel, when they were calling me like, hey Jamil, you gotta like do the papers. And I'm like, I'm like locked inside. I got time for papers. I'm, I'm, I'm brooding. But you know, they were like constantly just being positive and being that uplifting shoulder to lean on that like I could actually talk to and like relate with. And that really helped me. When I finished the first paper, is when I like truly felt a certain sense of accomplishment again. And I had like a new purpose. I wasn't just existing anymore. I was just, I was actually doing something again. And, you know, after paper one, paper two, I really felt like I'm getting somewhere and I look for a job and I'm doing things again. This is where I felt I was being happy again. I was being me, I was being Jamil. I was, you know, I felt, yeah, coming back to Portland and just my trip in India felt like I learned a lot or I gained like a lot of skills to, for the future or to share with like anyone like going through like some form of depression or just sadness. Like to always remember that it's not the end of the world and you can move forward and you don't have to just give up. Like there are people there for you and we can get through this together. Jamil showed us that even when times may be dark, through connection and perseverance, we can find the light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know about you, Grace, but that is certainly an important lesson for me to remember right now, and I think for a lot of us. So thanks, Jamil, for sharing. Um, our last segment for today features Jasmine Acevedo Guerrero speaking again with her mentor, Carol, about how she discovered that home is not so much of a place as it is a feeling of love. So 
you had a really rough time in Pachal with your homestay situation. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I basically felt like a foster kid there because our homestay mom was never there. Um, I remember me and Tia had finished a long day of work and just like wanted to get cleaned up before we hung out that evening with the rest of the group. The good thing was that our homestay was really close to the Chico Mendes Center. That's right. So we didn't have to like walk far like everybody else. Yeah. But um, I just remember being so tired that I just wanted to take a nap. And me and Tia, we walked over to her homestay. She wasn't there and we kept knocking and ringing the doorbell and like there was no response. So we eventually just got tired of standing there and we walked back to the Chico Mendes Center where we met up with Carol, one of our OEs, which is you. That's right. Yeah, I actually remember that. I remember you both came over and you were just like super discouraged and very upset and also just really tired. Like you just wanted to lay down or sit down. Yeah, like make yourselves at home, I guess. Yeah. I think I, I asked David for help. Um, David is one of the leaders at Chico Mendez, and I think he like called your homestay mom and then went to her work, picked up the keys from her, and then brought it back to us so that you could get into the house. Yeah, <clears throat> and then when like he gave us the keys, they kind of seemed like, oh, these are your set of keys, like for me and Tia, since everybody had their own keys for their homestays. So when later that day, our homestay mom got home and she asked for the keys back. <clears throat> Me and Tia kind of just like looked at each other. We just gave them back because obviously it was her house. The next day it happened again, like she wasn't home. The first couple of times it was like whatever, but then every single day she wasn't there when she said she was going to be. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to seem like ungrateful because we were staying at her house. And then we would not talk to her until like dinner or lunchtime when she would like kind of like start a conversation but like, I don't know the connection was just not there mm. I would say I feel like it just put me in a negative mindset yeah. Pacha sounds in general it was one of the more challenging places and experiences during the trip yeah overall this just felt really challenging because it was in a rural area the countryside and like everybody was just so spread out and we didn't really hang out with each other unless we were working and like at home i have so many family members i'm never alone so did anything make it better <clears throat> yeah when everybody started doing stuff out of their way to make us feel like we weren't alone mm. um like that one time when we went to get ice cream with you yeah yeah, I remember, I think Zach and Lester were there. I also remember asking Armando at some point if uh, you could shower at the center since you weren't able to shower at your home. And and I bet other people in the group also offered to help. <clears throat> yeah, um, like Oscar and Kim, they walked us to our house and they were like, oh, do you want us to wait for you just to see like if she's home? And when she wasn't there, like, they were like, oh, you guys can come over and we can just hang out. And then eventually we just, like, took a nap there because we were, like, so tired. And then also when um, Lester and Zach 
saved my water bottle, my hydro flask from these scary dogs. And they weren't even on a leash. I remember throwing my water bottle, but it didn't hit anybody. <laughs> it was like really far away from them. And I was so scared to go get it back, so Lester went to go pick it up. And I think those little things made me feel like I was cared and loved by the group. Even though like our house in Pachad was just really a place to sleep. I just realized home for me is actually like where I want to be and I enjoy being, where I feel loved and cared for. So I would say home in Guatemala was whenever I was with everyone else in my group. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for sharing, Jasmine. You're welcome. Jasmine, that's something so great about the cohort model that Carpet Monkey uses. It helps you connect with people that you're traveling with, and you create a bond that seems to stay with you even once you're back home in America. Well, that wraps it up for today's episode. Stay tuned for our episode four, our final episode next week. We hope that you've been following along with us as we hear about our students and their journeys. Thank you again so much to Carpe Diem Education for making these experiences possible and to Fully for sponsoring this episode. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for the song Quasi Motion, accessed under the Creative Commons license. And a final thank you to the students mentioned in this podcast, Tanya, Kim, Jamil, and Jasmine for sharing their experiences with us. We look forward to sharing more stories and conversations next week. But before you go, here's a little traffic delay for your way home. Oh, how much do you guys want to bet that beans were, like, about to attack us? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) I felt really sick.